Hello and welcome to the Rising Warrior Podcast. Talking with us today is Di Manuel. Di has a very impressive resume. He's a lifestyle mentor, an executive performance coach, author of the Whole Life Fitness Manifesto, and a TEDx speaker. Di also happens to be the chief marketing officer for Mad Lab Business Group and director of marketing and business development for Mad Lab School of Fitness. These are all very great achievements, and we're here to talk about something a little more important. We're here to talk about being vulnerable as a man and how this is needed more in our society. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the show. So, Di, thanks for coming on. Uh, I was listening to your TED Talk, and one of the big quotes that popped out from me uh, on the TED Talk was, are you being the type of man that you want your daughter to marry? Um, <laughs> which I saw the light in your eyes, which was huge for me. Um, and it, it's a beautiful point. A lot, I mean, I don't have kids. Uh, you're the only person that has kids here. And um, yeah, are we growing up to be the people we want our kids to marry or the people we want other people to uh, mirror? Um how did you get to that point, if you don't mind me asking? Well, I always throw it back on my wife because she was the one that was the person that had the patience for me and, and with me and anything around me at the time because, uh, you know, she was, uh, to pardon the cliche, our rock of Gibraltar, right? Like she, she really was that anchor uh, in, in our relationship. And as much as I could screw things up uh, based on just poor choices and, and lack of respect. And to be honest, lack of integrity with myself and my own values. And I'm sure we can get into conversation on that, but you know, they, they, we all have those, those turning points, right. That where, where we come to that fork in the road, as they say, we could go left or right. And uh, I found myself in, in very much at a fork in, in the road of my life. And I just happened to have my wife there at that intersection. And, and she asked me a very specific question this one morning, which I talk about in the TED talk, you know, and uh, yeah, when she asked that question of me, at, at first it was really hard, like really hard. I mean, I, I often joke about it. It was like getting punched in the nose and kicked in the teeth and kicked in the nuts at the same time. Right. Like it was just <laughs> like instant. It was like a full body sort of feeling of, of, of the, the fact that, I couldn't honestly look her in the eye and say I was being that guy. Mm. And I knew that, but I was actually admitting it to myself. And I think up to that point, I was very good at avoiding any of that internal reflection or even asking myself questions, uh, just basic questions, you know, like, what do I want out of life? You know, what kind of person do I want to be? What kind of relationships do I want to be? You know, like never even asking myself, I always ran away from those questions in the chase of success, as they say, you know, and whatever the fuck that means. So <laughs> anyways, it's, uh, um, that, that's sort of just a, a you know, I, I didn't want to take credit for the question. I, I, I always like to let people know it was my wife that had the fortitude and strength to, to muster up that question that fateful morning. Cause honestly, it could have gone two ways. It was either me leaving her taking the kids and life would be very different. And to be honest, I wouldn't be meeting you know, you three cool guys here today, um, had I gone down that other path, I, I just, I, my, in my heart, I know that's the truth. I, I mean, I don't even know if I'd be alive, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, I actually, that brought up something up for me that um, I've been thinking about recently. When I talk to some of the guys that we were connecting with, I asked them like, at your lowest point or at when you were most stressed, uh, you felt like the world is on top of you, whatever those things were, what was your state at that time? And, and you're talking about your wife when she asked you that question. What was happening with you emotionally, mentally, physically that led to this point of like, boom, holy shit, my wife just hit me with a, like a ton of bricks. I need to figure my shit out. That was a Mack truck. Yeah, that yeah. was a Mack truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, JP, that that's uh, a great point. And, and obviously, to give it some better context, uh, it, it was not like all of a sudden we woke up and she's asking me that question, for sure. Like It, it was a question <laughs> that, that had been hinted at, but maybe not... Mm vocalized in that format you know up to that point like she she would make statements or observations and you know like those great partners in our lives will do they often hold us accountable to things that we've said 
And mm -hmm. uh, whether we are happy about that or not, I mean, it depends on the situation. But, uh, you know, up to that point, my kids were both under the age, uh, gosh, I, I guess technically my eldest at the time would have been seven and my youngest would have been five, but they were almost eight and six. Like they were closer to eight and six. So I often refer to them as both being under eight mm -hmm. and, you know, so just young girls at the time. And, uh, you know, as any child to their parents, that's their first hero, right? Mm -hmm. You're the superhero, mm -hmm. you're the hero, you're the teacher, you know, you also have the title of mom and dad. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, it's easy to forget that. You know, it really is. And I found myself forgetting about it quite often and by choice, you know, and, and I was working a ton and uh, hustling to build a company. And I was always saying, I'm doing it for my family. You know, that would be my excuse to my wife, right? I, I know I work a lot, but this is for them. It's so we can have this kind of life together, yada, 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 right? It's not a lot of sacrifice. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I was. I was sacrificing a lot. And, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. for what, right? For what? Mm -hmm. Like, really, when I yeah. reflect on it, it's like, why? What was the point, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I just got to a point, though, where I, I'd learned to deal with my stress, uh, my overwhelm, a bit of depression, but, but as well as a lot of anxiety just mm -hmm. towards the future, because, I mean, mm -hmm. I wasn't really doing anything. <sighs> I, I didn't. You know, you know, when you get to that place and you just feel really hopeless and I, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, and I, I'm not here. To, yeah, I think mm -hmm. that's really where I was, you know, and, mm -hmm. but I, I learned to avoid that feeling. So if I worked enough, kept myself busy enough, I wouldn't have to, to acknowledge that feeling being there. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, outside of that, in the social setting, I was like, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, oh, you know, give me a couple of drinks. I'll be okay. You know, like, and, mm -hmm. and that became a ritual, right? A couple of drinks at the end of the day. And. And I would justify my drinking as like, I deserve this. I earn this. Mm -hmm. Look at all the work I do. Look at the life I provide. Right. You know, mm -hmm. like I was a dick. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I was, I, I yeah. will fully admit it. I wasn't a very kind person. Now people back then that knew me, they're like, I just don't see it. I never saw that side of you. And I was like, no, nah, I know you didn't. Cause I was really good at putting up a very, uh, very specific exterior. Right. Mm. I was very good at projecting something else mm -hmm. uh, when meanwhile, on the inside, I was just crumbling and barely keeping it together. And uh, so the, anyways, I came, it was an, uh, an all night bender I went out on and my wife had asked me to leave a party together. And I was like, no, I'm having too much fun. You go home. I'll see you later. I'll, I'll be right behind you. Obviously, I show up. At, I don't even know what time, but uh, someone dropped me off that night. I don't remember getting home. And uh, it was that next morning. You know, I, I didn't wake up until midday uh they were already downstairs and i won't go into all the story because it's in the ted talk people can listen to it there but I, I went down and basically my wife asked me to sit down and that's when she dropped the question on me and mm. uh, after a, a lengthy conversation we actually sat there for a better part of two hours or so talking and crying and, and just mm -hmm. uh balancing a lot of scenarios back and forth and, until i came to a place where i was like you know what i'm, I'm i gotta make some changes you know? yeah yeah so uh, that wow. was it. Yeah. So after the floodgates opened up <laughs> <laughs> of your emotions and all the things you've been hiding wow. and, and what you're, uh, we like to say that, that um, people want are the best for us and they're actually coming from a place of love that they call us forward mm -hmm. uh, into being a better version of ourselves. And so what, what was available for you after your wife called you forward uh, in the, in the next weeks, months, whatever uh, time period you want to, focus on well you know if i'm perfectly honest with you guys and i'll, I'll be open and honest here because mm -hmm. you know and I, I got nothing to hide and uh, i know I've, I've shared this with other people i don't know if i've shared it openly uh, at least in this kind of a format but what the hell i'm going to say it anyways um so my, my choice was alcohol you mm. know that was sort of my go-to that was the easy one right mm. and but then i'd be out with certain influence you know certain circles of what i believe were friends and mm. you know jim Rohn you know, famous author and speaker. And, you know, he's quite a motivational dude. You know, he gets quoted by everybody else out there, but he used to say, you know, we're the net sum of the five closest people we tend to hang out with the most, you mm -hmm. know, like, and when I reflect on who I was spending a lot of my social time with, well, just whenever I wasn't at work or hanging with the family, it wasn't lives or lifestyles I truly wanted to emulate, but I, I was, you know, like yeah. just mm. by, 
circumstance of that was the normal in that group. And uh, so that would often lead to, to narcotic use. You know, I would use cocaine and, and uh, I wasn't a heavy user, but it, it became very regular. It was easy to, oh, it's Friday night, going out after work, hanging out with some of the boys, you know, next thing you know. And, uh, and what I realized too is it, I was also very promiscuous. You know, I, I was sleeping around. I was lying to my wife, lying to other people. It was like I was living a double life. Mm-hmm. And so here, I, you know, I fast forward, we get to this moment. My wife sitting me down and, and, and we're going through this lengthy conversation. And, and she asked me a question. And I'm just at this point where I'm like, I know where this is going. If I don't make a change, mm. you know, I, I know where it's going. Like, it, this is not going to be good, you know, I, and I really don't like who I am right now, mm-hmm. but I'd like to start liking myself again. And, mm. and so I made a commitment to her and my girls. I would go one year without drinking, you know, cause I, I, I you know, I, we can talk about addiction and that a little bit later, but uh, you know, for me, I never really felt I was powerless. I was just doing it at a habit. And, and so I always believed that it wasn't really the alcohol. I was always very aware I was choosing to drink. Right. I never at any point felt like, oh my gosh, I cannot function without alcohol. That was never from the place, but it was the place like, it was just my relaxation. It was my unplugging. Mm. It was my, mm. my reward, right? Yeah. You hadn't gone all the way to the edge of despair yeah. with alcohol. Yeah. And it was crazy. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, oh, I'll just take it out for a year and then we'll, and I'll just start to work on me. And what I realized I took away the alcohol, which was awesome because then it also took away the, the, the drug use. What I realized was I was still being not a very good husband. Mm. I was still looking for those connections, those opportunities to feel like somebody wanted me. To feel like I, I had a different value or I was a value, you know, and it, it was like I, I was it was the weirdest thing, you know, and I think it stems a lot because just to open up JP with all of you guys here, you know, yeah, yeah. I, uh, it, it was after about two months of realizing like, holy crap, I took away the drugs, took away the alcohol. But I'm still cheating on my wife. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is fucked up. Like, this is like, there's something clearly here. I've got these things in it because i always in the moment would like it, it would make me feel better but then right afterwards like almost immediately instant guilt and shame and blame mm. on myself and it was just awful right this this constant uh, it was like i almost think of those traditional roman catholics right the the, the, mm-hmm. the start taking mm-hmm. the, the the cat of nine tails and beating themselves with it right like <laughs> yeah. I, like i felt i was i was literally like torturing myself and uh like mm. i was trying to punish myself and it was just a weird place to be so then i found a great psychologist uh, i also found a great counselor uh, we started to go to a relationship counselor as well to work on our communication and within two sessions the counselor just looks at me and, and looks at my wife christy and she's like I think it makes more sense to work with I one-on-one right now. So it was like over the six month period, I worked with three different sets of professionals. I also found a Mm. great coach and I also completely changed my association. Mm. Like I did, I, I, I completely changed that like a full 180. I started asking myself, well, if what kind of man do I want to be? Okay. If that's the kind of man I want to be kind of dad, I want to be kind of husband. Who do I know that's already doing that or, or reflective of that? Those are the people Ooh. I want to start to get to know and get around because I want to start to see what they do. How do they do it? You know, and and so that's what I did. I started surrounding myself with people that I wanted to be like, you know, and and lo and behold, over time, just things started to change and uh, mm. didn't happen fast. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen slow. It just it just happened. You know, I, I, I just like to indicate that because I, I know we can get impatient with change. Right. We want the result <laughs> now. Oh, now. Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> And you know what? I, I wasn't worried about the end goal. I was just worried about every day. Mm. Yeah. And I always appreciated that from the step program because I did start down the step 12 step program thinking that that maybe was what I needed. Mm-hmm. And, and I realized within a couple of weeks, you know, it wasn't a fit for me where, where mm-hmm. I was at, but I appreciate the teaching and I appreciate the support networks. I know it's of great value and works for so many people. It just, it wasn't a fit for me at that time you know, and, uh, but I love the 12 step program. I'm always about the focus on just one day at a time, man. Like seriously, yeah. mm-hmm. that's hard enough, right? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Present moment, everything happens right now. So it, it was, it's been really interesting. It's been uh, an interesting journey, let's say for these last 11, almost 12 years, but uh, like anything it's, it's challenging, but it's always worth it. Yeah. Wow. Go, go ahead, ahead JP. No, go ahead, JP. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna kind of call, 
call back to what you were saying about um, it sounds like you did a few things that were really, really, really pivotal. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you interrupted your pattern of drinking and hanging out with people you didn't really want to hang out with anymore. You found new community, or at least started to, to reach out to different people. You got support from professionals, and you actually started sort of changing your behavior every day. And like you're saying, taking it one day at a time. And I think um, the 12-step program, and I also know that, interestingly enough, people who are into working out, fitness people, tend to understand that. They tend to know that, all right, I can't get gains in a week. I, got, I, I at least have to do one three mesocycles to get five to 10 pounds more on my bench, right? I can't squat so, 500 next week. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So if people in those communities tend to understand the, the progress that it takes. And so as you were going through that process of uh, creating more community, find, you know, calling yourself out, putting, pulling yourself forward and, and being accountable yourself, um, and then now having some extra support, what was it? that kept you i don't want to say motivated what was what was the most important driving factor in continuing that change because it sounded like you were barreling down a hill for quite a while ah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. No, fair enough i mean stumbling down the hill is probably more stumbling, appropriate stumbling. but uh, <laughs> falling with with i can't even say falling with grace it was pretty sloppy so uh <laughs> but regardless um yeah you, you know because it can feel overwhelming sometimes when yeah. you look at the... But, but you know what? We're emotional human beings, right? Mm -hmm. like, it, we just, we're, we're based on emotion. That's just sort of how we function. And, and yes, the emotions can get the better of us at times. Trust me, I, I'm... I've been referred to as bombastic and uh, <laughs> I, I like to just think I, I, I'm very passionate with my emphasis, right? Like, <laughs> that's I love all that. It is. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but regardless, uh, what I'm trying to say is it's the emotion and tying into the emotion of actually how we're feeling and, and becoming mm. much more present to our emotional state yeah. because we can change an emotional state very quickly. You know, mm -hmm. when you start diving down the path of epigenetics and, mm -hmm. and, and you just start to look at the power of the mind and its influence over everything within our, our systems. It's, it's really, it's quite remarkable. And, yep. you know, these are the little things you can prove to yourself. I mean, I always tell people, it's like, Hey, take a lemon. All right. Just visualize yourself sucking on a lemon, like really think of it hard, like the whole process of cutting a lemon and holding it up to your nose. And, you know, like if you really imagine that and visualize that. I don't know anybody that doesn't so start salivating. Yeah, my mouth, my yeah, mouth right? like, <laughs> just started watering. I'm like, it's damn amazing. it, nah, you're good. Look at that. Look at that though, right? Like that, yeah. that instantaneous physical response that we experience mm -hmm. just by that visual exercise. And when you start to appreciate just the connection and just being aware that there is one, I'm not saying I know what it is. I don't know how necessarily how it works, but mm -hmm. I do recognize that if I focus on certain things mm. and I prioritize those certain things, the odds of good results happening are usually better. I, I mean, again, it's, there's no guarantee, but mm -hmm. if I repeat certain good behaviors, good habits, I tend to feel pretty good too. You know? so, yeah. so there's this emotional result mm. from doing the thing, whatever that might be, or that habit. And, and what I started to experience was deeper connection, especially with mm. my kids, with my wife, not, not like it was, being uh, filtered, you know, either by me, you know, stifling emotions, not wanting to open up, not wanting to actually ask the hard questions, nor answer the hard questions. Mm -hmm. and, and also on top of that, even professional life got way better. I found that I was starting to communicate much more clearly and effectively and not skirting around. Uh, well, to be honest, like the, the, those Listen, I'm not someone that goes out looking for conflict, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I'm not afraid to resolve conflict, you know? Mm, and, right. and I think there's, there's a difference there, right? Like yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, a shit yeah. disturber, but I, I will try to quell the shit disturbing, you know, like, and, <laughs> yeah. and you're a diplomat in that yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah I, I, well, yeah. I try, you know, a work yeah. in progress, but, but <laughs> uh, you know, th that's sort of it is just getting really clear with the emotion state that I want to be in. Like, cause we all have states where we thrive, you know, like those moments where you might be a, I don't know, like I, we have this beautiful mountain 
uh, right here in Vancouver and it's on the mm -hmm. North shore and it's called Grouse Mountain. And up Grouse Mountain is this big trail. It's called the Grouse Grind. It's basically three kilometers up a hill. Mm. And uh, they, they lovingly refer to it, at least Vancouverites do, as nature's stepno, right? Like, or nature's <laughs> stairmaster. And, yeah. uh, you know, the thing is about that hike is it's super challenging. But mm -hmm. when you get to the top of that thing, that feeling of accomplishment mm. that you have, that, and especially when you're looking out over the city, you know, you worked really hard, you're going through the trees, you don't see much of a view, you get to the top and you see everything. You know, you can see Mount Baker down in Washington state. Like it's on a beautiful day. It's, it's just like, it's godly, right? It's just absolutely mm. remarkable. And you know, when you do something special like that, and all of a sudden you have this real present moment, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm experiencing this right now. Mm -hmm. This is my life right now. And we get this sense like, whew, like goosebumps throughout everywhere, right? It's just like, whoa. Wow. And, and that's that that flow state that I think we're, we're able to tap into at certain times in our life, you know, and, and if we work on it, we can get into that place a lot more frequently and, yeah. and, and, and hopefully stay there if we can. So that's that's sort of the goal is like, you know, does it bring me to that sort of state, you know, the things that I do and the way that I show up and the relationships I want, like, I don't want to fall short anymore. Mm, and yeah. at least not for lack of trying. Right. Mm -hmm. like, and, and I guess that's sort of the, the biggest thing I've taken away from this. And then, you know, even now I'm like, I signed up, I wanted, and I'm just sharing this as a side, and then I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this, mm -hmm. but I, I'm someone that like, I've gone to a place now where I'm always looking for that next challenge mm -hmm. and, and I'll commit to something. I'll do it for a few years just to see how good I can get at it. And uh, so like public speaking 11, almost 12 years ago, I, I mean, I used to hate talking in front of groups, like I petrified, you know, like, mm -hmm. I get sweats. I I stumble. I I lose my train of thought. I mean, I wanted to leave the room most of the time, you know. And and I was like, okay, well, I want to be a better speaker. I need to be able to communicate more, you know. I've got a message to share, and I want to learn how to share it, you know, because mm. I had these visions. That I wanted to make an impact, you know, because mm -hmm. I didn't want to chase income anymore. I'm done with mm. income. I'm looking for mm. impact, you know. And mm. interestingly enough, the more impact I try to make, it seems like the income goes up. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird, <laughs> but. I'm not complaining, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, so wait, where, where's it going there? Uh, fears chasing oh, fears. Yes. So th these fears. So I signed up to do a comedy course this year and, uh, I, I'm like, uh. I, I'm five weeks in, this is my last week. And I got my first comedy show this Saturday, five, just a five minute set stand up. Open mic. I mean, Dude, oh, well, it's an yeah. actual showcase for the graduating class. Oh, like, okay, cool. professional comedy club, though, that we sold yeah, yeah. out 100 people coming to watch. And it's like, I'm still petrified, but I, <laughs> I actually, I, I love the feeling because I know oh, it's yeah. the right thing for me to be doing right now to continue this growth that mm. I've been experiencing this last 10 years, you know, because I want to yeah. keep, keep growing. Yeah, and, right. And, yeah. And, and so, uh, I, I like to just bring that back to people. You know, there's things that we want to do with our lives. Well, well, don't limit yourself, you know, like, like just mm. freaking just go for it. Like what's the worst that can happen, right? Like what is really the worst that can happen? That, I, I sort of go through that process all the time. Now, of course you can be a doomsdayer and I'm sure you can. Oh, it's, lots it's a of good exercise. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, a yeah, yeah. exercise. Uh, Die. have you ever yeah. done improv? Um, yes, uh, but not to, to uh, a level where I, 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 that's actually what I'm thinking of doing next is I want to do a course on that. Do it. And uh, do it. Yeah. So you've um, done improv. Yeah. Well, um, one of, a fr <laughs> one of my friends recommended, Hey, do an improv class. Uh, and this was right before the COVID lockdown mm. and Kristen and I, we did a six, eight week course of improv Nice. because it scared the shit out of us. Mm. <laughs> And I was like, fuck, all right, we got to do it because it's scary. Um, I learned more life lessons in that improv class than I've probably learned anywhere else. Like <laughs> if, it, if you're, if it scares you do it. Um, yes. That yeah. was, go ahead, JP. Uh, even, even down the, down the, um, down the esoteric rabbit holes, or maybe just like the interesting rabbit holes, the Joseph Campbell used to say, um, Go, go into the forest where it's most dark to you. Mm -hmm. So whatever the fear is, it's darkest to you. Going through that usually gives you the most benefit. Kind of to your point about, oh, damn, 
It scared me to be in front of people and talk, or it scared me to try improv or stand up. That, by the way, that's crazy. Yeah, dude, Five minutes of stand up you, is dog. very scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's like forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Longest like, five minutes of your life. It is, yeah. especially if no one's laughing. <laughs> you know? They, like, they uh, might be laughing at you, but it might not uh, be the jokes that they're laughing I'll, at. I'll take a laughing at. Hey, I'll take anything at that point. You know? I just don't want like quiet, right? Like, so. Uh, Anyways, no, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. We'll see how it goes. But uh, but, but to my point, yeah, it, it, you know, it's like there's lots of things that hold us back in life. They just do. But most of them are self-imposed restrictions, right? Mm. And uh, we call them oh, self-limiting yeah. beliefs, right? Like just, yeah, it's amazing. And I've got lots of them still. Like, trust me. And, and some, yeah, you know, I like to think I'm making a, you know, got a little pickaxe. I'm just sort of needling at it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sort of chipping away at it as best I can. It's not like I'm uh, ignoring it and avoiding aspects of my life anymore based mm. on the fears. Right. Like, and, and so, yeah, it's okay. I'm always learning. I'm always growing and Hey, I'm still making lots of mistakes, but I'm very quick to acknowledge them and I'm also quick to correct them. And you know, I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm okay with that. So, yeah. How, how do you think vulnerability allows us to, um, yeah, keep those doors open to uh, what you said, limiting beliefs, and being able to be open with them. Mm. Right? You shared some pretty, pretty uh, personal stuff right away with us, and we really appreciate that. Oh yeah. What, what in your, from your perspective, can allow you know some of the, the people we've talked to in the veteran community, uh, first responder, create that safety within themselves so that we mm. can be open and allow others to join in that, in that you know, call it a. I don't like safe spaces. I like brave spaces, but if place where people feel like they can share what, what they want, um, yeah, to allow them to grow. It's similar to what you're talking about. Well, we're all experiencing this human experience the same. Well, it, well I was going to say the same way, not necessarily the same way, but we're all born and we're all going to die. I mean, sorry, I, I hate to spoil the party here, but uh, <laughs> you, know, you just I mean, ruined the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. if, I, I mean, it's going to happen, right? But but everything that happens between those bookends, quite frankly, it's not predetermined, or at least to my understanding and, and breadth of knowledge right now, I'm under that belief that I like to think that I've got free will, you know, and that I have a certain level of control over my own life, or at least the things mm -hmm. I do and I don't do and how I show up and how I don't show up, you know, and and so I guess it's getting really clear, first and foremost, it's like, what do I really want in life? You know, like, who do I want to be? Because I, I think what we don't realize is until we start opening up with each other, we can be under so many impressions that we're very different. But as oh, yeah. part sharing and sharing authentically and, and, and not being vulnerable for the sake of shock and awe, mm. you know, mm -hmm. like we're not being vulnerable to try to get something like or or to persuade a certain type of, of response or, or action mm -hmm. i mean we're, we're being vulnerable at least if your intention is for connection and understanding mm. and, and bonding and and really just being able to get to know somebody truthfully truly know who yeah. they are you know? who are you really yeah yeah and, and, and until we start opening up like it, we just are under the impressions that we have to read everything like a book and just look at the cover and figure it all out. And, and we all know, you know, there's cliches to talk about this, that you, you, I mean, unless you're a mind reader or you can see through <laughs> things like you, you, the only way you're going to get into it is to go and do some, some research, right? Like go figure it out, ask people questions and, mm. and, but be ready to also answer questions. Right. Mm. And, and, and to share stories, share learning, share growth opportunities, share the mistakes and uh, if you can find a place, you know, to your point about the safety element, you know, if you can create a place or a, a container, hold a space where, where for those that are new to this, right, that, let's just say the vulnerability muscle, if you're new and it's a muscle that's, it's there, we all got it. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just not quite conditioned yet, you know, for, <laughs> for the type of use that you want, right? You want a body weight deadlift, but you know what? Let's just start with this soapbox, you know, like <laughs> now we'll, yeah. we'll build up Here's to a that. PVC bar. Yes, so. yes, exactly. So, it, it, you know, it's that safe space to start practicing, to develop this skill called vulnerability. You know, and because once you have that space and, and Lance, to what you said right at the beginning, before we hit record, you know, you, you talked about this idea of like, it takes one person to share 
to give permission to the other to to, to be ready to uh, share, right? I can mm-hmm. I often refer to that, you know, at the men's groups that we facilitate, you know, <laughs> it's always it, it's amazing to see the first person share, you know, because it really opens up the the entire room to then do it as well, you know, it, like it just sets an example for everybody else, like okay one person's willing to be vulnerable, it's okay for me to be vulnerable too. Right. And, you know, and when you're brand new to being vulnerable, you know, at, at least in this sort of context that we're talking about, it's pretty damn intimidating. Like, I'll be honest, like there's nights mm-hmm. that I show up like last night and I was like, yeah, I don't feel like sharing tonight. I just want to be here to hold space for everybody else. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't feel like talking tonight. And, uh, you know, like, and that's okay too. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's just being in the presence for other men, you know, in our situation where you just showing up to say, Hey, I'm here. I'm here to hear you. So you're heard, you're seen, mm. you're felt like, dude, it's okay. You know, no yeah. judgment, mm-hmm. none. Right. You know, and, yeah. and that's the culture that we try to, to permeate throughout, you know, our men's groups. And then also when we go to our own little lives and our own little communities and this little planet in this big ass solar system <laughs> that's all we're trying to do you know is, is is try to foster that for other people try to be the role models for others that this is okay it is safe you know and uh i mean you guys all seem like you've got this thing figured out like how does that happen <laughs> uh, you know or at least you're working towards it like, really good at faking that shit <laughs> hey, you know like yeah good. i mean we're not looking for perfection but we are looking for progress right and and uh I guess, you know, on that front, like, how are you guys seeing vulnerability impact your lives? Whether it's small or big. I mean, I, I'm just curious, you know, for each one of you, how does it show up for you? Vulnerability. Oh, that was. That's a good switch. Go for it, Sean. You can answer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I went from God, my, my first real experience of that that I could recall was when I really started this journey of mine and we went and did a a retreat called training camp for the soul, which is appropriately titled. And, uh, yeah, like it it cracked me wide open. And I remember, um, like I honestly didn't know what the hell I was getting myself into. I just, I saw an Instagram post from a mentor of ours, uh, by the name of Mike Bledsoe. And I, I swore he wrote that post to me. Like Mm -hmm. it was spot on. So hopped on the phone. It was just like, okay, everything you're telling me is great. If I agreed to go, and like, but showing up, I, I didn't know what, what we were getting into. And then, uh, that first day we started diving into mother learning and lo and behold, like getting cracked wide open. But I remember like the first couple of days, it was, there was still a lot of resistance and what ended up happening was on, it was like day three. Um, one of us had like, one of us was sitting with a story that they were afraid to, to share and they like they at least uh, voiced that right like they were sitting with that anxiety uh, sitting with that fear and so like we created a space from there as a group and what ended up happening was, was one of the facilitators shared first about something that you know in, in this in this instance it was something that uh, they carried shame around and so once they shared their story all of a sudden all of us started sharing stories and so the person who was, you know, sitting with that fear ended up being the last to go and, and ended up being like, oh, wow, it really wasn't that big of a deal. However, like what it took to be vulnerable in those moments, right? Like that was a first for me. I was like, oh, I'm about to do that thing where I'm going to share something that I never wanted to share with anybody. Like I was so ashamed of, of sharing it. And so like that cracked me open, which has then over the course of these last uh, I would say three and a half years just led to more and more and more openness and more vulnerability and something that that I've actually come to learn is is as we get into this work, right? The first time you're like you're open and vulnerable, people are like, man, I, I want to be able to keep doing that. And one of the hiccups that we find is that, you know, it can be in spurts where it's like around some people you are, around some people you aren't and stuff like that. And so what we've actually found is that people are seeking the safety to express vulnerably. And so for anybody out there, um, who might be struggling with this. This is why we're talking a lot about, you know, creating these safe spaces um, because that is what allows people to be vulnerable. So yeah, when, when I had that experience, it completely changed my life. Like it, it literally re what I would describe as like rewired my brain to start mm-hmm. operating differently. And I got to tap into a side of me that I only got to experience for myself and I didn't know exactly what it was. But as I, st- as soon as I started to open up more and share with people, 
like the level of connection I was able to experience just skyrocketed. And I was like mm. taken aback. And, you know, there were even moments uh, after I started doing this work and, and really diving in where like I was connecting with strangers on a deeper level than I'd ever connected with previous partners. And like, that was a huge shock to me. I was like, whoa, like this is the thing that I've been seeking. How did I just find that in a stranger versus, you know, someone that I dated for months or years? Um, so yeah, it was like that journey, like it, it's led me to some of the best experiences of my life. And, you know, even just this last weekend got to connect with, there's about 25 of us that made it out to a concert and like the level of connection, it just, every time we get together, it just goes deeper and deeper. And, and it's so awesome to be able to share that space with people who are so open and vulnerable because it's something that I know I lacked for so many years. And, you know, we we saw it in our service. We see it with veterans in general, um, just lacking that connection, especially as they transition out. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just wanted to reiterate that how important this conversation is and how powerful it can be, you know, for anybody out there listening. Oh, amazing, Sean. Dude, that's an amazing story. And uh, I, gosh, the way you referred to it is that it cracked you wide open. I, I, that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> you know, like, totally, man. Oh, that's crazy. So cool. How, how uh, you, JP, Lance? Uh, when you were talking about vulnerability, I was thinking in my head, I was going to ask you a question. And I, I let you talk and you actually answered the question. And my question is, is was why in general are so many men afraid of vulnerability? And then you use the analogy of a muscle. Let's say you've never done a bicep curl in your life. You're not going to be able to pick up a 55 pound dumbbell and start doing curls because you've never exercised that muscle. So yeah, most of these men out here, I'll speak to men in general. Women are more open to being vulnerable. Men just have not used that muscle. They haven't been like what Sean was saying. They haven't been in a space um, for them to allow that vulnerability. Um, Let me ask you this, Lance, just following that analogy, because it's, it, you're right. It's very much on point, but you think about our first experience with exercise, you know, like, a lot of times, you know, like, I mean, I look at my kids now, they watch YouTube videos, but I mean, I remember <laughs> when, when I freaking was learning how to do something, it was like, yeah, go to the library or you would find somebody you would ask them. Right. right. Like, mm -hmm. I remember just some older guys at the gym. And, you know, when I say older, like, of course I'm a teen and they were probably like in their twenties, but to me, they were old, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were ancient. Um, <laughs> but I, I felt so cool that, that they were talking to me and they weren't willing to help. But I remember them showing me how to do a bicep curl. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and on that same front, it's like, we have to ask ourselves, like who, who role modeled the vulnerability in our own lives, mm -hmm. you know, and whose mm -hmm. lives am I now role modeling into? And, you know, when I look back, I, I gosh, to be honest, I, a lot of the friends that I had, and I'm sure there was, there are some that would have had no problem being vulnerable, you know, some more open-minded friends. And, and I knew there were people that cared, but I wasn't willing to be vulnerable. You know, because I, I wasn't ready and I wasn't in a place to be. Uh, right. But when I was ready, it was wonderful to get around people that weren't afraid to be vulnerable. You know, mm. and, and, and so it's back to that question. It's like, you know, us as kids, right? Like, I, I don't know what your backgrounds are like, but I know my dad was very stoic. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's not very emotive. Mm -hmm. Even like when he get excited, it'd be like, you know, like that, <laughs> that, was a, that, that was like it, right? Like, um, um, so you'd have to try to figure out how he felt mm. about things, you know, like he wasn't uh, very good at projecting emotion. Like it just, you know, like we'd say we love each other, but it'd be like, oh yeah, see you later, dad. I love you. And he'd be like, love you too. You know, like it's sort of like that, that under the breath, right? The clothes, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that, so that was what was my normal. This is normal right. for me, right? This is the normal. Yeah. So I have to give myself some grace, you know, it's like, well, I didn't really have any of those people in my life that were able to role model a healthy way of being. It, it yeah, goes I mean, back I to um, what you were saying before, you know, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself mm -hmm. with. If you grew up in an area or a life where you weren't, you, you weren't <laughs> able to flex the muscle of vulnerability. Well, fuck when you're 30, you don't know how to flex that muscle of vulnerability. You need to surround yourself with the five people who are doing that, yeah. which is huge. Yes. Yeah, especially for our our service members and veterans that are now on top of that type of you know childhood are now like vulnerability is weakness and you need to stamp that down. So 
you know, that we talked about this quite a lot recently to, to some of the people we've connected with that they have a really hard time creating community. And at the center of it is their inability to be vulnerable or open with people. It's this, it's not necessarily that there isn't community or that there aren't people out there that want to hang out. Hey brother, it's you. <laughs> You're actually not being open enough to allow people to share with you. And that is creating you're essentially creating an energetic block to people yeah, actually sharing with you complete disconnect. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, um, it's a really easy rabbit hole to fall into when that's the way you've already been conditioned. Like, Oh, tough guy. This is what you got to do. Grind. Got to get stronger, tougher, meaner. This is how you succeed in the world. It's a very doggy dog world for a lot of the, the, um, guys, I would say gals too, but guys we talk to primarily. And, um, you know, for me, it was, I, one of the reasons I was very much looking forward to not being in the military more was because of the, those reasons. I was like, mm. I cannot keep wearing this fucking mask. Like yeah. I'm constantly pretending that everything's fine and it's not. <laughs> I am. And like you said, I had, I had a period of self-sabotage too, except mine was more around like, um, smoking cigarettes. I was never a drinker. It was more like eating, overeating or smoking cigarettes or something like that. Um, porn, there are all these protectors, things that, that I didn't really want to do, but they were like the only way I could, uh, or at least that I thought I could sustain myself or keep this boat going. Um, and I remember when I started sharing that similar to Sean's experience about just saying it out loud, like this is, this is what's going on with me. And these are the things I'm ashamed of. And then everyone in the, in the room being like, yeah, yeah, we got, we got some of that stuff too. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> wait, hold on a second. We're doing this. You guys are doing some of that shit. And, and you quickly realize that so many of us are holding on so tightly for dear life, because mm -hmm. if we let go even a little bit, we're going to be exploited and people are going to take advantage of us. And that story is really powerful in a lot of the veteran communities. So, um, so my, <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with that, but my, my point was that it, it's, it's really challenging for, for or it can be challenging for us to start the conversation. But once people realize that we're all real human beings and that, like you shared earlier about your story and you're, you allow your doors to be open. All of a sudden people are like, Holy shit, they're real humans with difficult problems and they're talking about it. I want to hang out. I at least want to be in that space. They don't, they might not know what they want or need, but just being in that space feels. Yeah. Nourishing almost. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, after talking to numerous veterans, I'll, I'll speak to the male side of it. Many of these veterans, many of these males are like, oh, I'm alone. Nobody will ever understand me. I'm I, Nobody else has this problem. And I, like, I take notes and I'm like, no, you're just like Tim over there and Todd over there and Steve over there. And even outside of the veteran community, like we all deal with the same things and we all think we're exactly like, totally different from the other guy. And it boils mm -hmm. down to all the basic stuff and we're afraid to admit it. And when we do admit it, when we do be a literal vulnerable, like things, the floodgates open up. Yeah. I like to think of it too, like a, like a, you, you, you let go of the pressure release valve and you mm. literally physically feel lighter. Yep. Like you walk yep. around, you're like, Oh, your chest a little bit more open. Your shoulders a little lighter. You're like, oh shit, guys! Give me a fucking name, man. <laughs> so true. It's amazing. Yeah. And you get some of those weights off your shoulder, and you realize, wow, that didn't have to be my normal, right? Yeah. Like, I remember how many times like just you get so used to living life and feeling a certain way that it, mm. it becomes your condition normal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and, mm. and sometimes we we spend so much time in that place that we forget what it's like to not be in the place, you know. Mm -hmm. And and yeah. I think it's as that memory phase of what life could be and what it was like before. Because mm -hmm. yeah, I, I rarely meet people that haven't experienced at least happiness at some period in their life, and it's like, well, it means you are capable of it, you know. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it, 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 you deserve it. I believe everyone's born into a life that deserves nothing but happiness, and mm -hmm. but it often is a choice. 
Happiness is a choice. Yeah, it really is. It's it's something that we we achieve, but we have to acknowledge it and own it and accept it. And uh, but man, we are good at getting in our own way, aren't we? It's like (laughs) holy crap! I'm just amazed, amazed. You know? Yeah. I was talking. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, I was talking to a veteran earlier today, and I was just asking him some general questions, and we were shooting the shit, and I was like what's keeping you from getting the things you want in life? And, and I love him for this mm. answer. He said, me. And I was like, dude, mm. spot on. There like that is the first <laughs> spot of recognizing. It. And he was, I believe he's leaps and bounds ahead of most people because most people want to blame everybody else. And once you recognize it's your own damn fault, you're yeah. ahead of everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Personal responsibility in, in this in changing your own state to what you were talking about, Di, just now. Um, I actually, something as you were talking came to me about what's possible. So we've been talking about like what the process is and our own stories a little bit. And I'm curious in your life now, what is, what's new? What's different than it was uh, all those years ago when you had that first conversation with your wife? Uh, the Mack truck breaking point conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, go ahead, Lance. Yeah, yeah. Sean, you're really good at this. We, we use this analogy a lot. The the feather, the brick, the Mack truck. Mm. Um, and I this is a very good point that I, I feel needs to be explained. And then we'll let you talk, Di. Sorry. <laughs> Sean, this would you great. mind elaborating on this idea? Because it's a great concept yeah. that you've yeah, absolutely. touched on a lot, Di, and maybe you didn't know about it yet. No, I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, so so generally speaking, uh, whatever resonates with you, life, the universe, spirit, so higher self, right? Whatever, whatever you resonate with, um, it's constantly speaking to us. And so one of the practices that we get to learn is, is how to listen. And so through this listening, right, as, as we're getting these signs and signals and all these other things to help keep us on, on path, um, it typically shows up in three different ways. Either you're going to get the tickle from the feather, right? So this might look like, um, you stub your toe, right? Like you walk around the corner, stub your toe because you're a little bit of a rush. And so it's like, okay, right. But it's nothing too bad. You don't break your toe. It's just like mild inconvenience, but it also hurts like hell. And um, that, so that could be like the feather, right? And so in that moment, you have a choice of being like, oh, cool. I, I see this. I was definitely in this rush. Didn't really need to be. Now I'm paying for it. Cool. And if you don't listen to the feather, what, what life will do is then it'll throw a brick your way. And so this might look like, you know, typically we see this in the form of injury. So that's, I'll just keep using that uh, analogy. Um, right. So if the feather is like you stub your toe and it's like, damn it, that kind of sucked, but I'm okay. The brick might be like you dislocate your shoulder or you sprain your ankle, right? So something that's not going to kill you, but it, it's still going to put you out for a little bit. And so if you don't listen to the brick, then your, your final option is the Mack truck. And this is when life runs your ass over. So this will typically like, if you're not listening, right. And you're getting these signs, you're getting the tickle from the feather and and you're getting hit with the brick and you're still just not listening. You keep doing the same dumb shit that you keep doing. It's going to run you over. So you have no choice. And this typically looks like severe injuries, hospitalizations, losing your job, uh, partners breaking up with you, like stuff of that nature where like it floors you, puts you in a state of like, I know that you've been trying to resist, but guess what? Like it's time to listen now. And if you don't listen, God only knows where it's going to go from there. Um, but yeah, that, that's, it, it's the three sign. It's the three different ways, the three different levels in which, you know, spirit or, or the universe or life is trying to get a hold of us. And, um, it, it typically shows up around patterns that we're dealing with. So now people have a little bit more context. So if you're getting the tickle, everybody, <laughs> do something about it right then and there <laughs> the mac truck hurts the mac yeah. truck fucking hurts even all yeah. the masochists out there that like pain like please just start listening to the feather like life gets so much more enjoyable and less complex when you start to listen so much sooner rather than when it's the scream and you have no other choice mm-hmm. i like to call it the personal apocalypse to that mac truck <laughs> yeah you're like oh my god everything's blowing up what happened mm-hmm. yeah it's amazing how uh when that's going on, right? It's like, gosh, uh, it's, I mean, it's scary. 
right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a lot be. of fear in those moments yeah. a lot of the mm-hmm. times. So it's uh, at least for me, there was fear. There, that, at least, uh, yeah, I was, I, I've had a few Mack truck moments. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I definitely have here. Had, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. Been good at attracting Mack trucks in my life, I guess. But uh, <laughs> you know, dealership. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh man, I um, yeah, I, I just had a flashback to Maximum Overdrive. I remember a movie I watched as a teen. I don't know. I, I'm totally dating myself now, but an old Emilio Estevez Stephen <laughs> King movie, right? And uh, where all the machines come alive, but the big villain of the movie is a big Mack truck. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so with a big Joker face on it. Anyways, I, uh, I, I'm I, looking I, I got a great right visual for the Mack <laughs> truck analogy now, you know? So, there you go. Uh, Hell yeah. Um, anyways, uh, y- you know, it, it is really interesting when all of a sudden you start to regain self-belief. Mm. You know, like, I, I mean, it's, I remember, you remember like being in your, I mean, again, uh, I'll speak from my, when I was a teen, I, I mm-hmm. clearly remember, especially my later teen years after I'd made some health and lifestyle change, I was morbidly obese as a teenager. And, and, uh, it, you know, when I got to about 15, it was like one of those Mack truck moments where, you know, my life was, felt like it was ready to end and uh, mm-hmm. made some changes, you know, and took about 18 months to realize those changes that that process, but, you know, my life changed, I changed, I, I, regain that belief in myself and and that that self-respect to be quite honest and self-love and i remember feeling just so optimistic about life about the future Mm -hmm. right like it it, and that came out of a a mac truck moment (laughs) and you know it's remembering that that that's in all of us right are these moments when we really do have a lot of optimism we we do have a lot of hope we do have a lot of I know the term self-love gets thrown around a lot, but really mm-hmm. it's, it's that appreciation for who we are as a human being, you know, mm-hmm. and like, I really like me. I would be a friend with me. I would like to date me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, can you You're worthy. say that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Be your yes. own personal hype, man. I'm enough, right? I'm enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, I just remember that feeling and, and, and I think it's trying to get back to that feeling, knowing that I do have that opportunity to get back to that, but it's always when I'm living in alignment with my values and, and really taking time to connect with people and, and get to know people, like really looking for the human connection and understanding. You know, that's the one thing I've mm-hmm. noticed. Every Mack truck I've experienced has been somebody that's popped up in my life that has been very supportive. And is whether mm-hmm. it, it's someone I met in person, whether it was somebody's book that I found, or it was a, a spoken word, you know, like whatever. It was, there was something, a message, right? As you alluded to before, Sean, mm-hmm. you know, there was, my intuition definitely became more in tune, but then you stopped mm-hmm. listening to it. Mm-hmm. right and you get and caught you, up you do you get caught mm-hmm. up and uh i definitely got caught up and uh but after i went through that period that last mac truck experience you know with my wife mm-hmm. and and, mm-hmm. and started to realize those changes in that very first year i regained that feeling again that i had when i was that teenager mm. like very very clearly you know mm. like it was like i was excited about life i was excited about who i was becoming and living into mm-hmm. and it just felt i had like nothing but potential you know but it was up to me to go and release it (laughs) you know go do something with it or or Mm -hmm. start to channel that and and so things started to change pretty quickly you know i I started to really focus on community and developing communities and and helping people and you know there's this great thing called the internet and i started my own blog right right before this whole thing happened with my wife and i you know it was a couple years before that i just started blogging and started building my own personal platform because you know, the corporate brand I was building, I couldn't voice some of my own personal opinions on the corporate mm-hmm. brand because it just right. wasn't in alignment and it, it didn't right. make sense, you know? And, no. and so I, but I had a message. I wanted to say something. I wanted to share and, and support people, especially mm-hmm. this became very real for me when I was going through that last Mack truck experience, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. laid up in the hospital bed and trying to heal my wounds, you know, like <laughs> my, and, uh, yeah. it, but I felt this desire to, to, to share what I was going through. Mm-hmm. You know, in hopes that it could help others, because I knew sharing about me being morbidly obese and making those changes that were very, very present in my life back then, uh, mm-hmm. it helped a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. and it connected them and let them show that there is always an opportunity to make some changes. And, and so I started doing more of that. And, and then all of a sudden I realized was the corporate path that I was on. I was like, God, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. My business mm-hmm. partner was 20 years my senior. Him and I, mm-hmm. were, 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 our relationship was eroding. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have the same vision. 
And you know what? He's getting ready for me to be the CEO. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, he's like got the keys pretty much ready to hand over to me. Like you're going to take over. And, and I'm like, so I can run this until I'm in my sixties. And I started thinking, you're I was like, like, oh, geez, I, 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 I had this vision. I'm like, I'm going to be you. <laughs> I'm, I don't want to be you. <laughs> you know? yeah. And it was like this, this very scary moment because all of a sudden I've been working 17 years in that career thinking that this is it. This is what I'm meant to be doing the rest of my life. I'm here. I made all it. Of, and all that changed, right? Because all of a sudden mm. I started to deal with the inner stuff that I had to work through and everything became clear again. And I realized the path I was on wasn't the path I wanted to be on. I wanted to go over here, try that, but I was scared as hell to do it. What would that do to my family? You know, like it's scary. And my wife was like, well, I've always wanted to go traveling. Why don't we just go traveling? Why don't we, <laughs> why don't we just, you know, <laughs> anyways, there, there's a lot of backstory. I'll save the, the drama, but I left my career. We packed up all our stuff, gave away anything we couldn't fit in the SUV and uh, subletted our place. And we just started traveling as a nice. family. We pulled our kids out of school. Like, I mean, people thought we were nuts. So, I mean, why didn't I have one lady reach out and say, like, that's a form of child abuse. I'm like, child, what are you talking what are you about? Talking about? Like, <laughs> like, come and meet my kids. I'll tell you, like, they're global citizens and they've got a life education, you know? So, oh God, yeah. I, 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 anyways, I, I won't go into it too much, but, but we traveled all over North America and then eventually we moved over to Southeast Asia where we were for two and a half years. And Whoa, all the that's while, to do it. yeah, we were based in Bali, uh, Indonesia, and uh, it was a wonderful time for our family. But we came back because my kids wanted to finish high school here. And mm. uh, but all these changes started to happen that made that all of a sudden possible. Like where I was the guy that was like, "That's crazy." Mm -hmm. No, I got to work. You know, we can't do that. I mean, that's no. I mean, my my wife kept sending me podcasts, interviews of traveling families, these digital <laughs> nomadic families, and it's quite the community out there. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I had no idea. And so she started dripping podcasts on me, right, just to try to get me interested, to show me that there are people out there that do this. And but mm. I was so fixed, like no, 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 it's not possible. But as I was growing and as I was changing, my perspective was changing. And all of a sudden, those things that I didn't believe I could do anymore, I was like, well, why can't I do them? Why mm. is that because I really can't do them? Or is it because I had just chosen that I can't do them, you know, like, and, mm -hmm. and so I just yeah. started to go after things, you know, like, geez, and it was, it's been fun. Uh, that's all I can say, you know, lots of stuff has happened in between, but those are sort of the highlights of some of the things that opened up. And to be honest, guys, like it doesn't take much, like, especially nowadays, I think everyone knows it's pretty easy to find work online because a lot of business now, it's never going to go away from that. So mm -mm. to be location independent mm -hmm. and create an income, it's very doable if that's something that you want, yeah. right? Like, again, only if it's something that you want. If you don't really want to do that, then don't. <laughs> like, it's okay. Yeah. One of the great lessons yeah. we had in, in uh, I know I did recently last year or so is um, I didn't even know what I desired until I got vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted until I started sharing and opening up and being able to say like, holy shit, I yeah. built an entire life that I didn't want at all. <laughs> I didn't want to go in this direction at all, but because of all my fears and all the things that I was afraid to tell people and the mm -hmm. things I didn't want to go into, I've created this cocoon of, of, of safety and comfort but it's not allowing me to be at my best. Uh, and, and to your point there, uh, what you were talking about, what's available for you now, it's, it's the ability, it's like vulnerability is the doorway to allowing yourself to see what's actually in your heart. Mm. Big, mm. big scary word out here, people, with a heart. What's in your heart? <laughs> um, and, and what was available for me for me personally at that time was holy shit same similar to, to your i was in a corporate gig as well what do i actually want to be doing rather than what is what i perceived as successful we talked about that a little bit a little beginning what a success even mean to you um what i'd been told about my family my society my culture uh about what's successful all that that stuff came up when i started being open and vulnerable and opening up the doors to shit I think what's in my heart might be a little bit more important than what other people think about me. <laughs> it's wild when we all of a sudden just start to open up. You know, it's it's kind of neat because in opening up, we also let a lot of things in. And mm. uh, as you said, and and those things that we let in, it's I mean, 
in it in itself is very life-changing but also rewarding mm-hmm. you know and yep. it's, it's amazing like and and it's all right there and for for everybody and, and i know some people are may think that's too blindly optimistic but i i'd rather see the world that way than the opposite you know so i am i'm i'm biased to optimism uh, i'll admit it <laughs> it mm. is a, a natural bias but uh you know I, I like to invite others to develop a bias to optimism I, I mean it hasn't done me wrong yet and uh <laughs> i i think it it's a nice way to sort of look at life you know mm. it's, it's that whole idea of not taking everything you know even ourselves especially too seriously and i think it's something i've become mm. very in tune with these last five weeks doing the comedy course i'll tell you that like, like <laughs> geez man if i can't laugh at me i'm i'm in big trouble <laughs> yeah. is, this, is this last yeah. this uh the stand-up going to be recorded because i want yes, to see it, it will be they've got a okay, professional good. camera guy coming in he graduated you know for all of us graduating the class doing this first showcase event uh it will be recorded uh, and i've been told it'll be available in about three weeks so uh, okay throw i'll share with you guys i'll share it with you we want to laugh at you and with you <laughs> yes thank you um, die we're gonna wrap it up yeah. cool uh and i, I want to ask you one last question yeah man. um the question is is what would you recommend for the listeners out there one daily thing they can do on a daily basis that will make the most impact in their life and break through those walls and the change they want mm-hmm. well I think I'd like to, first of all, just invite people to be open to experimenting because I know what works for me may not work for everybody. And, but what I found in my own experimentation, trying all sorts of things, and I do a lot of things like I, I do, do I journal? Yeah. Do I meditate? Yeah. Every day? No. (laughs) You know, Um, do I eat certain way? Yes. You know, do I feed my mind with certain types of messages, read certain types mm. of books, connect with certain types of people? Yes. Do I guard that association? Hell yes. <laughs> but the biggest thing, and, and no matter how shitty I might feel in a given day, because something's triggered me and, you know, I become my bombastic self and <laughs> said something <laughs> I wish I didn't say and, and, and owned it. And now I'm feeling frustrated and down, but I know I'm only ever one workout away from feeling better. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's like, you know, some people say, take a couple Tylenol, you know, I, I'm like, no, nope, I'm going to go and I'm going to sweat for 30 minutes, like really sweat. Like I, I get in the gym and in 30 minutes, I do more than what guys will do in an hour. Right. Like I'm like, no break, 30 minutes, go. And, and cause I treat it like a cardio workout with weights, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel great after that. I'm like, okay, whew, I'm good again. And I can look at things, whatever that challenging thing was that triggered me, I can look at it from a better place. Mm-hmm. you know and learn from it so i hopefully don't do it again right but you know, it's uh yeah a little easier said than done but um but that for me has been the one thing is my health you know by mm. focusing every day doing one good thing for my health whether it be my mental health my physical health my emotional health that's where i like to focus my time each day it's like ask myself very much with lots of intention you know let's go what is the one thing i'm going to do today that's really going to show myself that i care about my health and then i do it Okay. Like I, I just do it. Uh, and you know, it's funny. Like I was having a conversation yesterday with somebody and I was like, man, I, Nike, they were pretty clever with that slogan, you know, that, that <laughs> just do it. But here's my thing. What if the slogan was just did it? Like, what if we started celebrating everything that was like, you know what, just do it. Forget that. I did it. You know, <laughs> right, like yeah. come from that place of celebrating the accomplishment, the finishing, the mm-hmm. follow through right? The actual mm-hmm. action itself. And uh, so, so that for me is, is the big piece, you know? So, so think about it, guys, you're only a few burpees away from feeling better, right? So, <laughs> <Love> <laughs> maybe not the right Low blow. <laughs> I don't know about burpees. Um, I was going to say, how long you guys with your backgrounds? I'm like, oh, that's probably not the best exercise to talk about. But, uh, oh, I don't like, mind burpees. He, he owned a CrossFit gym. I've been doing CrossFit oh, for years. So sweet. where? Uh, uh, I owned a gym out in Michigan, Black Horse CrossFit. Cool. Very cool. No way. Mm-hmm. And and JP, what about you? Were you in CrossFit as well? Oh, yeah, for five years. I, I wasn't okay. a gym owner or anything, but I, I was uh, comp- competing, the whole thing, yeah. Right on. Okay. 2015 well, to 20, uh, four years, four years, yeah. Nice. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a master's now, so I, I don't compete anymore. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I was competing at Canadian Canada West Regionals, and uh, I did a, a, the, the heavy triple, and man, I uh, L4, L5, 
pop. And uh, that cool. that sort of floored me. But that, you know, when you talk about the Mack trucks, mm-hmm. I, I it was funny because I already was tickled by the feather lots of times. Yep. <laughs> I, 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 learned, <laughs> I learned to juggle the bricks. But what I realized is as I was juggling the bricks, that fucking truck just ran me down. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it oh, happened man. on that freaking com- competitor floor. And uh, that really sucked. But uh, anyways, I, I woke up from that and I completely changed how I trained. So uh, I'm yeah, better now, huge. but yeah. Oh my gosh. But that's super cool. I didn't know that about you guys. This is great. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, it. yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, yeah. Die, anything you want to promote? Um... And or where can uh, people find you? Because you're a pretty well, rad dude. I, oh, well, thank you. It's all you guys. Man. I hope thank we can you do this again. I've, I've loved this. And uh, I was going to say, you know, my name is is a weird name. I I, I get that. I, I often think that my dad had something against Manuel, that name, you know, because like, yeah, Manuel, you know, like yeah. the name could have been murder for all I know. But, but you know, I, this die Manuel thing is, is interesting because it is unique. And as soon as Google came out, an SEO I was mm. like, my parents were visionaries, you see? So, <laughs> because I'm, I'm really easy to find if you can spell The me. only one, yeah. I am. I'm the only one. Yeah. I also own all the misspellings of my name. So, those redirect <laughs> to my name. And, nice. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, just just look up Diamond Well on any social platform. I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Those are the, cool. the three. If you actually message me on those, you'll hear back from me more, more frequently. Email as Lance knows. Not so much. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I get it. My, my website's got about 1800 articles on it now. Uh, oh, just holy crap. Great. Yeah. Like I told you, 12 years I've been writing for the thing, you know, so it's uh, this one of my consistent activities that's very cathartic for me is contributing mm. content. And it's all based on life, just life, health, fitness, nutrition, mindset. Just mm-hmm. have fun with it. And I always tell people, I'm sorry. Uh, maybe that's the Canadian in me, but, <laughs> but there's a lot of content and I'm, I've got a new site being built right now. So the, the search infrastructure is, is very overwhelming because it's mm. like going down a rabbit hole, right? It's like one article to the next. The next. Anyways, mm-hmm. so um, sorry, but not sorry, but uh, enjoy. And, uh, you know, as far as promotions go, it's not really a promotion for me, but what I like to invite people to consider is if you're not already part of a men's group, or have a mm. men's community that you're part of, like including you three guys that are on this, mm-hmm. hosting this podcast. Like I, I know you have your own communities, but for those that are listening to this, if they're not part of a community, like the one you guys are creating, look around in your neighborhood, you know, in, in your community, see if there's a group like this, you know, or, and if there isn't, start one. Make one. Or, or plug Go. into one over Zoom, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Um, like we've, we've templated the way that we do ours and we, we just share it freely. Like I don't, we have no, all we want is guys to connect. And so we try to give them a little bit of a format if this is something that's new to them. And that's mm-hmm. our mentorship Monday, uh, which I talk about in the TED talk. But uh, that, that is my, my invitation to anybody that's listening to this. Just find a community, find a group where you can start practicing and exercising that muscle for vulnerability, you know? And because I'll tell you, the more of us men that are doing it, it's the next generation that's really going to benefit. Yep. Mm. You know? Like we're, we're, we'll, we'll reap some of the rewards, but it's really the future generations. Like we can really train, change that trajectory and, and that future mm-hmm. by us ourselves embracing that vulnerability is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it starts with the men. I, I hate to say it. women got it figured out already. But us men, <laughs> like, yeah, we're, we're, we're just really slow yeah. learners. Right? We're dumb. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'll be the one to admit it. A lot of us are really dumb. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a brick up here. It doesn't yeah. get there. Yeah. yeah, totally. Beautiful. So, yeah. Anyways, Di- that's it. Uh, really appreciate it, man. Um, thank you. A topic that really needed to be talked about, especially in the veterans and, mil- and male community. So really appreciate it. Um, for all the listeners who made it to the end, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Um, like, share, comment. We always love comments and violent disagreements. And uh, we'll catch everybody on the other side. <laughs>